Hi, hi, hello guys! I'm Rui, and this is... Macabre Ramblings. So, this is after the mini rambles that was randomly uploaded at around Wednesday midnight. We're now going to have another full ramble, which is more on the true crime, true crime centric full ramble. There's crime in it, but somebody died, but no one actually did the killing. The crime that was done is after the person has died it's a pretty uh popular story or i have heard this in a couple of different like youtube videos or podcast episodes but since i'm very interested in the story i decided to do my own research and now we're going to talk about it or I'm going to talk about it and you guys would listen to it. So this story is about a person named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos and this guy named Carl Tanzler. So Carl Tanzler, before we go and talk about Maria Elena, we're going to go and talk about Carl Tanzler first. So Carl Tanzler, actually, as I researched his past, I dug up quite a few articles. There are books about him, but I haven't actually read them because I haven't bought them. I've seen a few excerpts, though. So Carl Tanzler, there's a lot of different stories about his childhood, mostly because he likes to make up stories or embellish his uh, achievements in life. So I'm not quite sure which is the real Carl Tanzler. So first of all, Carl Tanzler goes by so many different names. So apparently in his German marriage certificate, he is listed as George Carl Tanzler. But when he came to, un to the United States and he wrote down his name in the United States citizenship papers, he was listed down as Carl Tanzler von Kossel and when he died he was listed down as Carl Tanzler and get this some of his hospital records were signed as Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel Count so he thinks of himself as a count I'll talk about as to why he does so later but put a pin on it <laughs> So, apparently Tanzler was born in Dresden, Germany in 1877. And some article says that he graduated from a medical university. I'm not quite sure if that's true though. <laughs> so every single uh, article or tidbit that I read about his 
achievements in his history and his childhood life i read it with a pinch of salt because we're not quite sure which is real or we're not quite sure if it, which is right so apparently another thing that i have read with a lot of salt on it carl tanzer apparently went to australia because he wants to go to the south seas islands and when he stopped by australia to collect some equipment and suitable boats to continue his journey he became acquainted with the weather and sea conditions and somehow he became just interested in staying there for a long period of time apparently about 10 years <laughs> so he became interested in engineering and electrical work there and ended up buying some properties some things and he kind of just ended up settling there for quite a while so before he uh, managed to go out and sail once again in his journey world war one broke out and thus the british military authorities placed him in a concentration camp for quote-unquote safekeeping along with many officers in india and china who were prisoners of war later he was removed to trial bay another camp to a castle-like prison on the cliffs and at the end of the war, apparently no prisoner was permitted to return to his former residence. So he was he and the other prisoners that weren't permitted to return became prisoners exchanged in Holland. They were shipped to the prisoners exchanged in Holland. So apparently when he was released, he was released or there's another story where he actually escaped. Because he has an account, he, ha he wrote his own autobiography before he died. And apparently, it was said that in Trial Bay Gaol, G-A-O-L, which is jail, um, he built a raft or he, was, he built something in a sailboat. And it says that he escaped with Count Carl von Kossel. So at this time, it's, I guess he was already going for his count title because everything is so um vague <laughs> i'm not quite sure when this happened but there was an article in his autobiography so uh the moment he was released or he actually managed to escape this gal he went to find his mother from who he heard had not uh from whom he had not heard since the beginning of the war and Fortunately, he found her safe, and he remained with her for three years, witnessing the chaos that followed in the wake of the war. Finally, she suggested that her son returns to his sister in the United States, because at this time, his sister, Carl's sister, have, has emigrated to the United States. So Carl, uh, alongside his many different stories about his childhood, also claimed to have nine university degrees. He also claimed to be a submarine captain and an accomplished inventor, which is not true because I found in an article it says that in reality he was an eccentric and lonely man who had abandoned his wife and children to work in the United States Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida. Cause, so yes, he is married. He married a girl named, a woman named Doris Schaefer in Germany. And together, they had two children who were named Ayesha Tanzler and Clarista Tanzler. 
And unfortunately, Clarista died of diphtheria, which is a fairly common sickness back then. So post-war Europe Kanzler saw no prospects and he decided to emigrate to the United States because as I've said his sister already lived in Florida and in 1926 Carl with his wife and two daughters moved to Zephyr Hills. So this is the time where he submitted documents for his U US citizenship where he called himself Carl Tanzler von Kossel. So why? Why did he pick this name? Why did he suddenly put Von Kossel to the end of his name? Because Tanzler loved, he loved telling the story that he was a relative of a countess called Countess Von Kossel and claimed that the ghost of this countess, which is, what is the, real, the whole name? Wait, I've written that down. There we go. The countess name is Anna Constantia Von Brockdorf or there's another one that says that it's Countess Anna Constantia von Kossel which is a countess it's she's a real countess who has a very interesting story and she is the mistress of 18th century King Augustus II of Poland when the king grew tired of the feisty and headstrong countess he had her exiled and she stayed that way for 49 years until her death so historically the Kossel family seemed to be haunted by bad luck so that's where Carl absolutely loved telling the story that he's related to this family. And so he manifested this, I guess, in his name because he's now um, Carl Tanzler von Kossel. And he even put Count in front of his name quite a number of times. So according to him, the ghost of this Countess uh, went and visited his dreams. Uh, and he, and this, this, he claimed... <laughs> Carl claimed that the ghost of the eminent relative, which is Countess von Kossel, had visited him his entire childhood. And according to Carl, during those visions where the Countess visited him, the Countess showed him the face of a dark-haired young woman that was supposed to become the love of his life. Yes, let that sink in. So he believed that he is... a so he believed that he's a distant, distant, distant relative of this countess. And this countess visited him in his dreams or in visions. It's not clear if it's in dreams or just in broad daylight. And showed him a, a vision of a dark-haired young woman that's supposed to be his soulmate, basically. So, now at this uh, timeline that I have put down, Carl and his family with his wife and two daughters were current, is currently in Zephyr Hills, but he abandoned them. Yes, he abandoned them and he took a job as a radiology technician at the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West. So, radiology. I am not quite sure if he's actually uh, trained in this or he's ju it's just one of his nine university degrees. I don't know how he <laughs> how he passed through the interview, but he took up a job as a radiology technician. And apparently, in his spare time, he loved tinkering with electrical devices, played music on his homemade organ, because apparently he made his organ as well, and he built an airship. So, he's just a jack-of-all-trades, I suppose. So now... 
he is he has left his family <clears throat> so after this abandonment of his family he there in the marine hospital in key west this is where tanzler met maria elena milagro de hoyos and she is a local cuban-american woman who had been brought to the hospital by her mother for an examination on april 22 1930 this is where they met so maria elena which also goes by her nickname helen milagro de hoyos is an attractive dark-haired beauty who often wore red roses in her hair drawing the attention of strangers who desired to photograph and court her she is a local beauty she's really pretty and she is also very young because at this time of their meeting carl tanzler is 56 and elena is 22 but the moment tanzler saw elena he immediately recognized her as a beautiful dark-haired woman that had been revealed to him in his earlier visions so this is a start of this roller coaster <laughs> roller coaster jeez so elena let's go and give a brief uh childhood description uh she's born on july 31st 1909 and she is the daughter of local cigar maker francisco pancho hoyos and aurora milagro and she has two sisters named florinda nana milagro hoyos and Celia, Celia Milagro Hoyos, unfortunately, Florinda succumbed to tuberculosis and Florinda's husband, who is Mario Medina, died because he was electrocuted trying to rescue a co-worker who hit the power line with his crane at the construction site. Ugh. So, uh, quite a sad backstory. And... There's nothing said about Celia, Celia Milagro Hoyos, so I would like to hope that she didn't succumb to tuberculosis or died in a horrible way by electrocution. So on February 18, 1926, Elena married Luis Mesa, which is interesting because Mesa is, I think it's Spanish and Filipino for table, so it's Luis table. <laughs> Luis Mesa. And Luis Mesa is the son of Caridad and Isaac Mesa. Unfortunately, Luis Mesa is very much a stinky pile of hot garbage because he decided to leave Elena after she miscarried her child. He decided to just leave and move to Miami because apparently that's, that's something to leave your wife for so elena unfortunately when he was she when she was brought by her mother to have a checkup in the hospital she was diagnosed with tuberculosis and at this time in about 1900s tuberculosis is a fatal disease because they don't have the cure for that yet and tanzler being uh, Tanzler, uh, thinking of Elena as his soulmate, basically, he became quite obsessed with trying to cure her. So with his self-professed medical knowledge, because we don't know if this is like actual medical knowledge or just him 
basically bluffing his way through his jobs. <laughs> so, he, the way he attempted to treat and cure Elena was with a variety of medicines, uh, by electric shock machines, potions of his own making, which included specks of gold, amongst other ingredients. And he even, because Elena was diagnosed with tuberculosis, apparently she was uh, just discharged from the hospital and just treated at home because it was a fatal disease. So it's just like, yeah, we don't have a cure, so there's no point in staying at the hospital. But because of this, she was not near any kind of hospital equipment. And Carl Tanzler decided to smuggle these expensive hospital equipment to her home for like checkups and curing. There are like x-ray and electrical equipment. And he also performed experimental tonics and plant extracts to save Elena. And while he's doing all of these, he showered Elena with gifts of jewelry and clothing and professed his love to her. But there's no evidence that showed that Elena reciprocated this affection. There's a big prob possibility that she didn't. And she just found this uh, strange old man just weird. <laughs> but because this old man is trying his very best to help her and for she to not die, she just allowed it. And at this time, she's still legally married to Luis Mesa. Because he just left her without any divorce papers or anything. Now, as uh, expected, because there's no cure for tuberculosis at this time, she died. Elena weakened and died from tuberculosis despite all of these things that, that Carl Tanzler did. And she died at her parents' home in Key West on October 25th. 1931 and before she died Carl wrote on his journal how he quote-unquote had hopes that despite the extensive damage the lesions will heal again I had hopes that when Elena was out of danger we would get married as long as she lived I never abandoned hope we would get married so he's just stuck on that thought that they would get married except Elena never returned his feelings mm -hmm. so he was unconsolable when she died. He was unconsolable and he begged the family not to bury her, fearing contamination of her body from groundwater and other stuff. He, he just doesn't want her to decay. So he begged her family and the family gave him the rights to build her a mausoleum. So he did. He built a mausoleum for her in the nearby cemetery and he insists on an airtight casket with an incubator tank full of formaldehyde to prevent decay. So he was obsessed with the prevention of decay. A red flag? Is it not? So Tanzler paid for her funeral alongside the mausoleum. And get this, because the family permitted him to make a mausoleum, he uh, managed to ask for the creation of a key but this key there's only one key he did not give this key to the family he kept this key 
Mm-hmm. So, in this mausoleum where Elena rests, Carl Tanzer visited her, visited this mausoleum almost every night. Yes. So there in secret, he would sit and have quote-unquote conversations with her. And I don't know if there's a phone at this time already, but I've seen an article that says he even left a phone in the mausoleum so he could speak to her while away. So he is clearly obsessed. And because Hoyo's favorite song is a Spanish folk tune called La Boda Negra or The Black Wedding, Tanzler reportedly heard, uh, he, apport- <laughs> he apparently heard her, Hoyos, singing this song to him and so happily he sang the song back to her. So the, the, the lyrics is about a young man whose fiance dies and he's so sad that he digs her up from the grave and he takes her home. Uh-huh. And I found uh, a stanza of this, of this song and the lyrics goes as this. By a flickering funeral candlelight on his bed that flowers covered, he gently laid the body of his sweetheart and said his wedding vows to his dead lover. Are the red flags stacking up now? Can you feel the red flags? Can you? Can you? Hopefully. So, for two years, two years, he visited Elena every day. But in 1933, he was fired from the hospital because he became too erratic to hold the job and the hospital had found out he was stealing medical equipment from them. So, of, of course, that's grounds for you know, firing. And when he got fired, he was living in a remote shack, which also apparently housed his laboratory. Why does he have a laboratory? We'll find out soon. And after he got fired, he uh, stopped visiting Elena's grave. The family of Elena found it weird, but they were happy that he was moving on. But was he really? But was he really moving on? So the reason for his the change of his behavior, the reason as to why he stopped visiting her is because one night he just decided to illegally remove her corpse, put her on a toy wagon and take her to his home. Yes. That's what he did. He did this because apparently he said that Elena's spirit would come to him when he would sit by her grave and then he would tell him to take her from the grave. So he did it. He like wasn't able to uh, take it that Elena wanted to just get out of the grave and so he just took her, put her in a toy wagon and brought her home. So here's another writing from his memoirs. This is quote unquote, Elena my darling. We are alone on this shore. He who has given you to me will not reject our souls, united as they are in his undying love. And this his is in, written in capital H, cause so I think it's talking about God up above. So, it's two years since Elena died. And unfortunately, she's not looking very good. 
even with all of this formaldehyde and all of this way to stop the decay, he would she would still decay and so she doesn't look very good and Tanzer decided to fix that. Tanzer decided that he'll make her pretty again. How did he do it? So Tanzler attached the corpse's bones together with piano wire and fitted the face with glass eyes because the eyes decompose quickly. So he put glass eyes. As the skin of the corpse decomposed, Tanzler replaced it with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. And then it went to the point where the hair fell out of Elena's decomposing scalp. And apparently, he uh, fixed this by a wig from her hair because Elena's mother just has Elena's hair with her and so he fashioned the wig and put that on top of the skull. <laughs> I wrote in my notes says how what discussion happened there? What what happened there? Just, just the mother giving him Elena's hair. I don't know what happened there. Something definitely went down. <laughs> And that conversation concluded with her mother giving her hair to this old man. Anyway, uh, so since the corpse is decaying and the insides are decomposing, it's slowly sinking down and not looking too much like a human body anymore. And to make sure that the original form of the body is kept, Tanzler filled the corpse's abdominal and chest cavity with rags and dressed Elena with stockings jewelry and gloves and kept the body on his bed yes one article said that she was dressed in wedding garments i just think that he's actually changing her clothes regularly so since the corpse is decomposing the most uh noticeable thing would be the smell the smell of decomposition and to battle that Tanzler used copious, copious amounts of perfume, disinfectants, and preserving agents. It is to mask the odor and forestall the effects of the corpse's decomposition. Yes, and amongst all of these things, all of the tools to quote-unquote resurrect Elena, uh, amongst all of these was a million volt Tesla coil. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll know later that that's part of these resurrection tools. And while she is quote-unquote resting on his bed, he serenaded her with his homemade organ and slept beside her. Yes, he slept beside her. And because he's a gentleman, he bought curtains or cloth to make a divider between the both of them and so she could like preserve her dignity because he's such a gentleman of course and so while all of this is happening as well he apparently attended to the physical demands he bought her a lot of clothes purchased some perfumes so yeah he was content with living like this and he basically abandoned his wife to Live with dead, live with a dead body of than a live woman. Yes, and for some reason, 
his wife, his actual legal wife, Doris, took pity on him because he doesn't have a job. He was fired and living in a small shack. And she took pity on him and regularly mailed him money to help him survive his destitute situation, which he spends on Elena. So in October 1940, which is almost 10 years, <laughs> 10 years that he has been living like this, Elena's sister, Florinda, heard rumors of Tanzler sleeping with somehow a... Uh, First is like a doll of his sister, something fashion to look like her sister, because Tanzler's neighbors found it curious that he always buys women's clothes and lots of perfume, and the boy claims to have seen Carl in the window dancing with what looked like a supersized doll. So the people found it weird, and Elena's sister heard about it, and because of this, she confronted Tanzler and. Despite the thought that Tanzler would try his very best to hide the body because why wouldn't he try his very best to hide the body? But he didn't. He just allowed her inside and willingly showed off Elena's body. At first, Elena's sister thought she's a doll because I would post a picture of the before and after when um, Elena was still alive and after she was basically violated by this man it's so different she looks so different she doesn't even look like herself anymore and so at first elena's sister thought she's the doll only to discover that it was actually elena's rotting corpse and so she notified the authorities because of course she would do that she was horrified and tanzler was arrested and detained so because of this very pe peculiar case it was widely covered in the press and it was very very popular in the press but contrary to a lot of expectations many people were compassionate and thought that he was just a lovesick man a lovesick eccentric romantic how <laughs> people why elena didn't even return his feelings and then he took her from his, her tomb. She's supposed to be resting now. Despite the fact that she died early, she didn't give permission for this. So the public were largely sympathetic. And it was romantic, apparently. Because of this, he had many visitors to his cell offering gifts and support. At one time, a gang of giggling Cuban sex workers turned up, offering their services to him for free. Two local friends even posted the $1,000 bail. I'm pretty sure that $1,000 is more expensive at that time compared to now. But he even had friends that posted the bail and he was released. So unfortunately, there's nothing to actually charge him with. Because there's no law under which Carl could be tried which was not limited by the statute of limitations. Because the statute of limitations for molesting a grave is two years and Elena was with him for around seven years. So it's way, way past the statute of limitations. And so he was discharged. He, nothing's, there's nothing keeping him in jail. Nothing at all. But, and he's also psychiatrically examined because 
why wouldn't they? This is such a weird, weird case. This is such a weird, weird case that you'd think that there's something wrong. There's a few screws loose inside this person's brain. But after he was examined, he was found mentally competent to stand trial. And the charge on him first was wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. So while on the stand, even if he was discharged because he was past the statute of limitations, he still stood on the stand. And so what did he claim? This is, do you remember when I said that there's a million volt Tesla coil in, within his resurrection materials? It'll come here now. So he claimed in the court on the stand that he claimed to use an airship to take Hoyos quote-unquote, high into the stratosphere so that radiation from outer space could penetrate Elena's tissues and restore life to her somnolent form. So he believed that if he shot her out to the space, she would get resurrected. Resurrected with that kind of body? What? what? Anyway, he, he said that in court. But even with that very uh, out of there, not logical explanation, he was released. So you'd think that after this strange case, after this vile molestation of a dead body, people would bury Elena once again and put her to rest. But no, because this trial has become so popular, Elena's corpse was put on public display at the Dean Lopez funeral home where it was viewed by as many as 6,800 people. Local schools even let out early so kids can be scarred for life. People, people know. So emboldened by this public support because people are so compassionate because he's so romantic. Carl asks if he can have Elena's body back. So he just he just came and just can I have her back? Thankfully, common sense prevailed and his request is denied. Elena is then after all of this public display and people have seen enough, she was reburied in a secret and marked grave so as to avoid another toy wagon field trip. And happy about this, Carl, because he's so unhappy and he wanted to rebel against this decision he sets up he sets off a bomb at the site of elena's mausoleum as a way to show authorities what wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave really looks like yes uh-huh this is not uh what is this reported at first actually and there are no pictures to defend this or put this as as like real there has been evidence of necrophilia with Elena's corpse I'm not surprised quite frankly two physicians which are named Dr. Depoo and Dr. Foraker 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 they attended the 1940 autopsy of Elena's remains and it was recalled in 1972 that the vaginal paper tube had been inserted into the vaginal area of the corpse so that it can allow intercourse a paper tube i can just imagine you know that that cardboard tube that is inserted in the middle of a tissue roll somehow i can just imagine that 
jammed in there? Does this, does that even feel good? Men? Men out there? Does that feel good? I don't think it would. Oh my god. So, as I've said, the, since no evidence of necrophilia was actually presented in the preliminary hearing in 1940 when Carl was standing on trial, and because the physician's proof only surfaced in 1972, which is around 30 years after the case had been dismissed, this allegation is questionable and there's no existing photographs of the autopsy. But uh, this um, claim was repeated by the HBO autopsy program in 1999. So Dr. Depu, one of these uh, autopsy technicians, Yes, two, uh, one of these two physicians said that, quote-unquote, I made the examination in the funeral home. The breasts really felt real. Okay, I just didn't want to think about him. So, in the vaginal area, I found a tube wide enough to permit sexual intercourse. At the bottom of the tube was cotton, and in an examination of the cotton, I found there was sperm. Then, I knew we were dealing with a sexual pervert. So, in Carl's autobiography, he did confess to kissing and cuddling Maria's cadaver. He slept with the body on his bed, but he kept a curtain between them because he was an extreme gentleman. So, an article that I have read claimed that instead of romantic feelings for Elena, Carl experienced this what we call paraphilia which is mostly focused on the sexual than the romantic. So in 1944, after all of this went down and Elena was away from him and he doesn't have Elena's corpse anymore, Tanzler moved to Pasco County, Florida, close to Zephyr Hills, Florida, where this is where he wrote his autobiography. It, and it even appeared in a pulp publication, Fantastic Adventures, in 1947. He also sold postcards of his beloved. His home was near his wife Doris, who I seriously don't know if they're divorced. I hope Doris found the time to divorce him now. And he even received United States citizenship in 1950 in Tampa. So as time goes by, Tanzer got older and older and the time for his reckoning has arrived. Tanzler, since he's separated from Elena, he, he decided to make a death mask to create a life-sized effigy of Elena and lived with it until his death at age 75 on July 3, 1952. Apparently, his body was discovered on the floor of his home three weeks after his death. He died under the name Carl Tanzler. In his final diary entry, he wrote, quote-unquote, Human jealousy has robbed me of the body of my Elena. Yet, divine happiness is flowing through me, for she has survived death. Forever and ever, she is with me. Obsessions, am I right? There are some articles that recounted that Tanzler was found in the arms of the Elena's effigy, but in his obituary, it was reported that he died on the floor behind one of his organs. The obituary recounted that a metal cylinder on a shelf above a table in it wrapped in a silken cloth and a robe was a waxen image. There's also, um, what is this? 
a few articles which I am not sure if they're true. I'm betting on it as some kind of embellishment to make this already shocking story more shocking. And these claims that Danzler had the body switched or that Elena's remains were secretly returned to him and that he died with the real body of Elena, which I think is a little far-fetched. I think it's just a death mask, an effigy. So the story of Danzler and Elena would be reproduced in pulp magazines in the years following his death with various parties adding new details to the case. So it has been, <laughs> there's a lot of few different details being added to it. An article written in 1982 by Michael Felder, Michelle Felder, I don't know how to say this name. It even tells of how renovation workers found the note allegedly written by Tanzler, confessing to have killed Elena by poisoning her. So is this one of the embellishments? Most likely. And this embellishment or this story, quote-unquote, says that She died because I gave this to her mercifully. I mixed the root of wolf's bane, which is monkshood, with aconite diluted. It was palatable and my loved one departed this miserable world on October 25th, 1931. Suffer no more, sweet Elena. I have sent you to the angels with my golden elixir. <laughs> what does that sound like? It's a euphemism. No, uh, uh. So... Perez uh, also claimed Tanzler. Perez, I think, is the writer of this story. Also claimed that Tanzler had once told him that he would kill Elena if necessary to fulfill his destiny. Wait, Perez? I don't know who Perez is. Where did I get this? Anyway, somebody that Tanzler knows, I think. <laughs> so yes, that's what he said. And that would be the end of this story. Yep. As I've said, it's a true crime one, but nobody actually ended up killing anybody. If we're going with the thought that Carl Tanzer did not kill Elena, which I think he didn't because of how desperate he is with making sure she's alive, but she still died. Anyway, that's where the story ends, and this is where I am going to say the email address and all that stuff plugging social media stuff <laughs> if you want me to cover something interesting to you or you just want to us uh, or you just want to share your stories about the paranormal about the true crime anything spooky that had happened to you or people around you you can email me at macabramblings at gmail.com i actually have an instagram which you can dm me and the Instagram is Macab Ramblings Podcast. And we also have Twitter, which is at Macarambles. It's M-A-C-A Rambles. And that's about it. Uh, next week, I would release a paranormal-centric episode. I hope you stay tuned to it. Look forward to it. And while you're looking forward to it, make sure to eat good food. Make sure to always stay hydrated. Stay safe. Always stay safe. And... Stay spooky, everybody.